0: people of God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Friends, welcome to Worship with Morrisville Presbyterian Church. Whether you are a longtime member or visiting with us for the first time, whether you are here in our sanctuary or worshiping with us at home, we welcome you. It is a delight to worship with you this day. If you are in our sanctuary, there is that familiar red folder in your pew, and we invite you to take that and note your presence with us and pass it to your neighbor so they can do the same. And if you are visiting with us, we would love for you to include enough information in there so that we can follow up with you in the days to come. There are a number of announcements in your bulletin. I will not take you through all of them, but I very much hope that you will take the time to read them, to see all the things that are happening in the life of our church and all the ways you can be involved, whether that be in education or mission in the life of our church family. Friends, God is here. And on this second Sunday of Advent, as we continue to prepare our hearts to receive our Savior, let us enter into a time of worship together. At this time, I invite the Evans and Stoner family to light our Advent candles this morning. As we reflect on the foundation of our faith in our lives, we gather together around the candle of peace.
1: The home we long for is a home that knows peace.
0: Peace that rests between us and our grief. Peace around our anxiety. Peace between us and our self-criticism. Peace amidst our relationships. Peace at the core of our being. Peace hovering through and in our world. The home we long for is a home that knows peace. So today we light the candle of peace as a reminder and as a prayer. Let it be so. Amen. Please join in the singing one verse of He
1: Came Down as it is printed in your bulletin.
2: Please stand as you are able and join us in our responsive call to worship. If life was a home, then we would pray. May
3: love be the foundation, may God be the cornerstone, may the spirit be the windows ushering light in, and may hope be the walls holding us together.
2: In this hour of worship. Let us work towards building that home together. We may not know the path ahead, but God is here even now. Let us give thanks for a foundation of love. Let us worship the holy God. Please continue to stand and join with us singing hymn number 88, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We will sing verses 1, 2, six and seven.
1: Our scripture passage for today, Zachariah, a new father, speaks to his newborn son, John the Baptist, for the very first time. Imagine yourself in his shoes. What would you say to a newborn sleeping in your arms? What would feel important? I imagine that all of you would speak words of love. It's impossible not to speak words of love when you're holding a baby. And yet, as we grow up, that skill tends to become harder for us to practice. So let us return to our foundation, to words of love, starting with love for ourselves. Let us pray the prayer of confession together, followed by a time for silent confession. Holy God, when John was born... Zachariah leaned down and whispered words of love into his ear. We know that you do the same for us, day in and day out, yet we fail to hear it. We forget that in the beginning we were made good. We doubt that we could possibly be enough. We hustle for our self-worth and wear ourselves out, aiming for perfection. We deflect words of praise. We hide behind shiny first impressions. Forgive us. Trusting our worth is the hardest job. Open our ears as you open our hearts so that we might rest on the foundation of goodness you have laid for us. Of faith. No matter how old we get, God continues to say to us, You are loved, you are forgiven. That is the foundation of our lives. That is the truth upon which we build our home. So breathe deeply. There is grace and peace here. Join me in proclaiming this good news We are loved, we are forgiven. We are claimed. This is our foundation. Thanks be to God. Amen. forgiven people let us share the peace of christ with one another using american sign language as we have been doing for some time now the peace of christ be with you and also with you let us share the peace of christ with one another
2: Please pray with me. God who speaks a good news language, we admit listening has never been our greatest gift. We are easily distracted. Our minds run a million miles a minute. We doubt your faith in us and take the easy way out when it comes to hope. So today, we bow our heads. And ask for help. Settle our hearts, quiet our minds, steady our breathing. Help us to rest in you. Help us to listen for your good news. Gratefully we pray. Amen. Our first scripture reading today comes from the book of Philippians chapter 1. Verses three through 11. Let us listen for the word of God. I thank my, to- my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart for all of you share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Jesus Christ. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best, so that on the day of Christ you may be pure and blameless, having produced the harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
1: I would now like to invite our young friends forward for a time for young disciples. And you can come all the way up to the top of the chancel here. All the way up here. All the way up to the center. Come on up, MJ. Come on up. Come on up. Thank you. Come on up. Hey, Ben. Good morning. Hello, Lincoln. Hello. Yeah, you can sit over here, maybe. Is that okay? All right. Well, hello there, young friends. It is great to see all of you today. Last week, we talked about how we can prepare ourselves for Advent. And we talked about how we can do that at home when we are... Hello, Isla. We can do that at home when we are uh, using our Advent Bags. When we have our Advent devotionals and our Advent home uh, uh, magnets, our Nativity scenes, and our map of the the, whole, the the rooms and the houses that we can do daily activities. And so today, I'm going to talk about how we can prepare ourselves for Advent in worship. Do you all notice anything different in our sanctuary today? You might notice the the Christmas tree. Very good, Tucker. Yeah, the big wreaths, very good. And then also, you might be able to see right there, there's some candles. The Advent candles, very good. So the way that we prepare ourselves in worship for Advent, one of the ways is we have, we light, that's right, we have Advent candles for the four weeks of Christmas. We have the the candle for hope, which we... Yes. Yes. Hope, joy, peace, and love. And today, and and the Christ candle's in the middle. Wow, Tucker, you're very good. You're very good. Yes. So today we lit the peace candle. And this whole week we're going to think about how we can see God's peace in the world and how we can be peacemakers in the world. We can be peacemakers when we enjoy nature and the silence and the beautiful things in nature. We could be peacemakers when we uh, are kind and smile to one another. We could be peacemakers when we say what we want and listen to what others want and, and be, uh, forgive one another. There's a lot of ways that we can be peacemakers. And we do this this week. And then I'll be curious to see what candle we light next week and to see if you can notice that as well. Okay? All right. Well, if you, if you know, then you can say that next week. I look forward to it. All right. All right. Let us pray. Repeat after me. God, we thank you for your peace. And we pray that you help us remember your peace. Amen. All right. You can head back to music with Mr. Carpenter. Walking. Very good.
0: Friends, our gospel reading today comes from the gospel according to Luke, the first chapter, beginning with the 57th verse and going through verse 80. Let us listen together for the word of God. Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her, And on the eighth day, they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to name him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said, no, he is to be called John. And they said to her, none of your relatives has this name. Then they began motioning to his father to find out what name he wanted to give him. He asked for a writing tablet and wrote, his name is John. And all of them were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened and his tongue freed, and he began to speak, praising God. Fear came over all their neighbors, and all these things were talked about throughout the entire hill country of Judea. All who heard them pondered them and said, What then will this child become? For indeed the hand of the Lord was with him. Then his father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke this prophecy. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has looked favorably on his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a mighty Savior for us in the house of his servant David, as he spoke through the mouth of his holy prophets from of old, that we would be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us. Thus he has shown the mercy promised to our ancestors and has remembered his holy covenant, the oath he swore to our ancestor Abraham to grant us that we, being rescued from the hands of our enemies, might serve him without fear, in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, you will be called the prophet of the Most High. The child grew and became strong in spirit, and he was in the wilderness until the day he appeared publicly to Israel. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. Thanks be to God. Well, you may recall that we almost always run up against John the Baptist in our Advent journey, and fear not, we will next week. But today, we're spending some time with his parents. Have you heard about them, Elizabeth and Zachariah? For all intents and purposes, John the Baptist, the son of Zachariah and Elizabeth, he was destined to be the ultimate preacher's kid. His mother, Elizabeth, was the daughter of a priest. His father, Zechariah, was a priest. Both of them, as the Gospel of Luke reminds us, were righteous before God in every way, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. Zechariah and Elizabeth did it right. And Zechariah... Well, he wasn't just any priest. He was an extraordinarily faithful man of God who did everything by the book. I mean, this this guy, Zechariah, he was the clerk of session. He sang tenor in the choir. He was an adult leader on the mission trips to West Virginia. For years and years and years, Zechariah was this faithful, faithful priest And for years and years and years, Zechariah had prayed for a child of his own. A boy he could not only call his own, but one who would bear his name as tradition would insist. And boy, he'd raise that son with such pride. Little Zechariah, he could imagine it in his head and in his dreams, that little Zechariah would be among the temple and the traditions from the day he was born. He would know the liturgies by heart. Everything about that temple would be a second home. The the words they sang out to God would be a dance, a song to be lifted to God on high. And just as Zechariah knew them, his son would too. This had long been Zechariah's dream, but it wasn't going to happen. Because, you see, he and his wife Elizabeth had been unable to have children. And though it was years before he had stored away the bassinet for good, eventually Zachariah made peace with this reality and tried to move on, leaning into the liturgies and the songs of God he knew so well. But then the unthinkable happened An angel appeared to Zechariah, an old man, by this point, and told him that indeed Elizabeth, his wife, would bear a son. Do not be afraid, Zechariah, the angel began, for your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness Many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now one would think Zechariah would be elated by this sort of promise from an angel of God that he would he would jump for joy praising God that God had heard his prayer but it wasn't exactly the answer to prayer he'd been dreaming of it wasn't exactly the time or the way he'd always hoped it would be and so For reasons we are not totally clued in on. Zechariah had some questions. And he didn't believe the angel. He questioned the angel, wondering how this could possibly be true. But especially given how old he was. How old his wife was. How could this be possible? And the angel replied to Zechariah. To his questions. And said, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news, but now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, because you did not believe, you will become mute, unable to speak until the day these things occur. And this is the backstory. To our text today, for more than nine months, Zechariah did not speak a word. And I've often wondered what went on inside the soul of Zechariah in those long months of silence. Was his tongue silent, but his mind racing? Was he wrestling with God in his own way? Knowing that the dreams he'd once had for a child w- would not be fulfilled in the way he'd imagined? Was he wrestling with his own ego, as any one of us might, knowing how faithful he had been all his days, only to be told his child would not be the priest that he dreamed of? Yes, a prophet of the Most High isn't bad, but, but, but what would that even mean? What would it require? I've wondered if Zechariah was sad or bitter or angry, knowing, you know, yes, God had answered his prayer, but, gosh, this would have been nice decades ago. It wasn't the way he imagined it. It wasn't the way he wanted this prayer answered. And for more than nine months, Zechariah prepared to receive this, yes, this gift from God— But it was done in silence, wrestling, praying, listening. And keep in mind, Zechariah was told he would speak again when the promise of the angel was fulfilled, when this child of promise arrived in the world. But there was no promise about how Zechariah was supposed to respond. No commitment or assurance about what he would say what he would be willing to offer when he finally was given the chance to speak. And when Elizabeth finally bore this baby into the world, the neighbors were in awe. A woman of her age, the son Zechariah, has dreamed of. What a gift from God. It cannot be anything short of that. And so the neighbors and the friends and the relatives, they arrive on the eighth day for the traditional circumcision, the day when the baby will be named. And I tell you what, they likely arrived with gifts already monogrammed for little Zachariah, Gifts that they had shoved into corners of their closets years ago, knowing that blanket, that burp cloth, it's going to go unused. And the joy they felt pulling them out of the closet And taking them to Zechariah and Elizabeth at last. But as they arrived with these gifts, the monograms front and center, Elizabeth said to them, No, he is to be called John. Oh, Elizabeth dear, you are sleep deprived already. You don't have any family with this name. You don't have any relatives with this name. Come, dear, this is absurd. You know, of course, tradition insists the child's name is Zechariah. Zechariah, help us out. Settle this. His name is Zechariah, isn't it? And Zechariah took out the writing tablet he'd carried for months. His only way to communicate with those around him And in a moment that would define his own life, as well as the life of his son, more than he could ever imagine or dream, he wrote on that tablet, his name is John. And the text exclaims immediately, his mouth was opened, his tongue was freed, and all he could do the only response that came from him after months and months and more silent months of wrestling and praying and listening was praise. Even though this child would not be the fulfillment of what he had always dreamed, Zechariah praised God for God's mercy. He pronounced blessing He pronounced prophecy, a prophecy to his son that would set the tone for John's entire life and ministry. Zechariah filled with the Holy Spirit and trusting, trusting, my God, the trusting that his son would indeed become the prophet of the Most High, not even fully knowing what that would mean, Zechariah spoke words of vision, to this newborn child who would grow strong in spirit. And on that day, he began to lay the foundation of his life. The foundation where John would move into his future, leading us all into the way of peace. Though our scriptures only ever offer this song of Zechariah one time. I like to to imagine that Zechariah sang this song on his son's birthday each year. Perhaps John grew to expect it. He'd blow out the candles, everyone would cheer, and then he'd awkwardly wait Sometimes rolling his eyes as his father would begin again the same song he'd sung every year at this time. With every passing year, his father's voice grew older. The tears flowed earlier in the song each year. And in those early years, John didn't know what these words meant. He was just a child. After all, he just knew he had to wait until his dad was done singing before he could eat his birthday cake. But as he grew, as he grew, these words began to seep into his heart a bit more each year. He'd know the next stanza before his father even got to it a song of praise and promise, a song of hope and wonder and love, a sacred reminder to his Father and eventually to him that God's plans would never be ours, that God's dreams would always be bigger, and a sacred reminder that there is power in the words we speak and the songs we sing, a sacred reminder that within these words and blessings, a foundation was being laid for his life. The life of this boy named John. A boy who would grow to be the one who prepared the way of the Lord. The one who, even when he found himself as an adult out in the wilderness, I like to imagine that each year on his birthday, he could hear the song of his father in his ear. And he knew that the foundations of his life and his ministry had been formed in these words that were sung upon his birth. A foundation of love, it would take him a lifetime to fully understand. And I imagine some of us, like John, can think back on words or blessings or actions that have laid the foundations for our lives, and especially our lives of faith. Words are our parents or grandparents offered us time and again. Blessings we received from teachers or coaches. Actions of love we received from Sunday school teachers in the quiet of that room when everyone else had left. And I also imagine some of us ache that the foundations we received as children were rarely, if ever, full of love or blessing or hope for a future. And I want you to know that that is never the way That God intended it. I imagine most of us, like Zechariah, have had the privilege of offering words of blessing to others, perhaps even having to set aside our own ego or our own dreams to do so. I wonder if we do it as often as we should. And I imagine most, if not all of us, like Zechariah, have had seasons of waiting and wrestling and praying and listening with God. Unsure how we might emerge from the other side. Unsure who we might be when we get there. Unsure what, if anything, we will be able to offer to those whom we love. But the promise of Advent, friends, is that in the waiting, in the wrestling, in the listening and the praying that we experience in all of these seasons of our lives, but especially in this season, as we journey toward the birth of our Savior, The promise of Advent is that the foundations of our lives are being laid by the one and only the one who came into this world that we might know the depths of God's love for us. In a poem written by Sarah Speed, she writes, and maybe most important of all, There is a love that is bigger than my understanding, that moves through this world, and I call that love God. And that love is here, here in this room, and that love knows your name by heart. Those are the words I would say to you as you stretch and yawn and open your eyes on the very first morning of your very first day. Let that be your foundation, like Zechariah was able to do for John. Let love be your beginning. There is love in this very room, friends. And that love knows your name by heart. And that love called God calls you beloved. It has called you beloved from the very, very beginning. And so let it be the beginning that we offer to one another today and let it be the song that we can hear for years to come. A song written on our hearts, a song we come to know by heart. A song written for us, for you, and for me, by the one who came to love us. May love always be our beginning. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: With our actions, with our words, and with our singing, we recognize God's love as our foundation in our lives. So let us join together... Let us stand and sing hymn number 92 while we are waiting, come. Let us stand and join our voices together.
2: Please join me as we affirm our faith through the words in your bulletin from a brief statement of faith. As we seek to follow Christ in this world, let us state what we believe. We trust in God, whom Jesus called Abba, Father, in sovereign love God created the world good. God acts with justice and mercy to redeem creation. In everlasting love, the God of Abraham and Sarah chose a covenant people to bless all families on the earth. Hearing their cry, God delivered the children of Israel from the house of bondage. Loving us still, God makes us heirs with Christ of the covenant. Like a mother who will not forsake her child, Like a father who runs to welcome the prodigal home, God is faithful still. We believe in every time and place. We rejoice that nothing in life or in death can separate us from the love of God, Christ Jesus our Lord. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated.
1: Zachariah gave one of the greatest gifts he could give to his son. He gave him a foundation of love. Words of purpose, pride, love, and belonging. So in turn, remembering that joyful day, we try to make a similar impact by giving what we can. And we pray that the gifts we give now, our time, our money our talents, that they will be infused by the Spirit to make a more purposeful world of love and belonging. So let us give now. Let this be the foundation, the very start of a better world. Let us give our morning offerings.
0: be seated. People of God, here at Christ's table, we let love be our beginning. A love that does not ask if we are deserving or if we have earned this love, but a love that is given freely and in great abundance. Even in the waiting and the wrestling and listening and the praying of our lives here at this table, every time the foundations of our lives are laid by the one who came to lead us in the way of love. The foundations of our lives are laid by the one who is love, reminding us again and again, even when we've forgotten, My dear, dear child, how loved you are. Come and see how treasured you are. Come and know that at this table. For here at this table, friends, we let love every time be our beginning. Because this is the Lord's table alone. And our Savior invites all who trust in him to share the feast that he has prepared.
1: The Lord be with you. And
0: And also with you.
1: Lift up your hearts.
0: We lift them up to the Lord.
1: Let us give thanks to the Lord our God.
0: It is right to give our thanks and praise.
1: God of days gone by, and God of the here and now, we understand the story of Zechariah, We know what it's like to be speechless. We know what it's like to be awestruck. We know what it's like to change plans and leave everyone whispering. What we don't always know is what the next right step is. We crave your voice in our ear, guiding our steps, revealing the way. So today, God, we pause to give you thanks for the things that leave us speechless, for love at first sight, for the moments when the doctors say the scan is clear, for the family that runs to meet us at the airport and welcome us home, for every small miracle and concentrated beauty in our life, we are awestruck. We are speechless. We are so deeply grateful. But in between whispers of deep gratitude are people who are speechless for other reasons. We are speechless because of the suffering and despair, grief and loss, violence and injustice in our world. With every young person killed in the street, we lose our breath. With every threat of violence, we lose our words. With every updated report on climate change, we lose our peace. And the cycle goes on and on and on. Creator God, who breathed life into us, move between us and our despair. Give us a voice to speak gratitude in the face of beauty and justice in the face of destruction. Give us words to heal where there is hurt and to invite where there is isolation. There are so many things that leave us speechless, O God, but we never lose your words of love and hope. So today we pray the prayer your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Beloved church, on the night that Jesus was arrested, he took bread, having blessed it, he gave thanks, broke it, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is the bread, my bread of my body, given for you. Every time you eat of it, do this in remembrance of me.
0: And in the same way he took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins whenever you drink it do so remembering me but friends as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup we proclaim the saving death of our risen lord until he comes again and we proclaim that this love is always our beginning friends today we will receive the Lord's Supper, through in a form of intinction. Uh, you will be making your way forward by the center aisle. You will receive a chalice that it contains, a, it contains juice and the bread. We invite you to receive it from the person who is giving it to you at the front. Make your way back by the side aisle and remove your mask briefly to partake of the elements. Make sure you eat the bread first or you're going to be in trouble with the cup. There is a gluten-free option at the front, friends, and whether you are part of this church family or visiting, you are welcome here. At this table, friends, we always proclaim that God's love is our beginning, and so if that is your beginning, you are welcome at this table. So, friends, I invite you to come, whether you have a lot of faith in this today or not very much at all. And you're not invited to come by me. You are invited by the Savior who has made this feast for us. So come you who have been to this table often. And you who haven't been in a very long time. Come you who've tried to follow Jesus. Come you who have failed. Come you who are beloved of God, which is all of you. But come you who have forgotten that truth and need to be reminded. Come, friends. Let love be your beginning. Let it be our beginning. The table is ready. Come and feast.
1: us pray. Holy God, you are our home. You and your goodness are the place we return to, the place we long to lay our head. So today we give you thanks for these gifts of bread and cup. We pray that you would use them within us to transform the world we live so that the world may better reflect the home you have envisioned for us a home of peace, a home built on the foundation of love. Gratefully, we pray. Amen. As you are able, I'm going to invite you to stand and join together in singing hymn number 109, Blessed Be the God of Israel. Let us stand and join our voices together.
0: Beloved of God, as you go out from this place, may you know how loved, deeply loved you are. May you go out from this place sharing that love. May you go out receiving that love from the one who is desperate to offer it to you. May it be a song on your heart, one that you know by heart, one that you will take with you as a foundation of your life from this day on and forevermore. And every time you gather at this table may you be reminded of that love again. And friends, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you, be with those you love, and be with those you are called to love. This day and forevermore. And together we say, Amen.